The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. They're making waves to leave the club, then they're obviously not com- committed. Um, so if they don't want to be here, then, you know, we'll have to do something about it. Who would have believed 24 hours ago we'd be starting the Go Radio Football Show with the voice of Neil Lennon talking about players that he thinks, if they don't fancy it, they can go. So he's uh, ready to show them the door because Celtic are out of the Champions League at the second qualifying stage. The worst performance in 15 years in the top flight in Europe. So they go into the qualifiers for the Europa League with us tonight in the programme. Simon Donnelly. Simon, hard to believe. Yeah, very disappointing. Uh, watched the game last night. Uh, didn't see it coming. Not obviously a wee bit wary with Edward not starting the game. But when Celtic get back to one each, I thought they were in control and I thought they would go on and win the game. In Europa League, in action tonight, Motherwell will be there. We'll be hearing from Stephen Cragen and also from uh, David Clarkson later in the programme. And Rob, you'll be watching and commentating on Aberdeen tonight. So let's hope for better results for the Scottish sides. Yeah, let's hope Aberdeen are continuing, Paul, on an upward curve after all that early season disruption. Six points out of six in the Premiership. All about Europe tonight, and let's hope both our teams uh, can make up for that Celtic disappointment last night. Former Rangers star, the defender, now with QPR, Dominic Ball joins us in about 15 minutes' time. We'll hear about uh, his take, Rangers trying to stop 10 in a row. That's uh, Talk of that's gone out the window at the moment for 24 hours because the concentration on Europe. But is that going to be enough? Celtic fans, what do you think? Rangers fans, how do you feel? Are, are your opinions changing when you see Celtic's frailties last night? Although, you know, the bar, if it wasn't there, it could have been, you know, and Cham could have got that goal it's ifs, buts and maybes, but they are out and we're still in August. What do you think? 0808 17 17 700. And in an hour's time, we hear from the former Celtic star who's also played in Germany. Marta McLeod is going to join us in the programme this evening. So what do you think? How can you add to the debate on Scottish football? Is there so much attention on 10 in a row that people have taken their eye off the ball, Simon, about Europe? I don't think Celtic will have taken their eye off the ball. I think... Uh it's imperative that they succeed in Europe and, and the Champions League is something for a club of Celtic size that you know you demand to get to the, the group stages it's, it's it's a measure of the club and as I say it's a major disappointment we're now going to have to look at the Europa League next for the, the two qualifiers coming up but I don't think you can accuse Celtic of taking their eye off the ball last night uh, I think they were the better team and just if they'd taken their chances we'd probably have progressed and of course, the news, Rob, that you brought last night, right about six o'clock, that Edouard was definitely not playing. I mean, I was listening to the programme and you thought, uh, th- this doesn't sound right. But Celtic should have enough, Rob, to uh, yeah. beat uh, the Hungarian champions. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Paul, spot on. Uh, there should be enough quality in that team, whatever uh, shape Neil Lennon puts it in. And whoever, even if their best player is missing, as he was last night, they should be able to, to get the job done. I mean, you can come up with all sorts of excuses. Uh, that's one uh, the lack of a crowd, I mean, that obviously is a big advantage to the visitors because uh, under normal circumstances, uh, they get scared off by the noise at Celtic Park. That's a big factor on a European night. Um, but like you, the question you asked Simon there, uh, you know, uh, was that a factor? You know, Simon says no, but, you know, there's been so much talk about what is the priority for the season. There, there's so much of a fixation on 10 in a row, and we understand that, of course, but what about Celtic's European reputation? It's a really serious step backwards, isn't it? 
Well, let's hear from Neil Lennon when he faced the cameras and the microphones about 15, well, in fact, probably nearly half an hour after I believe the dressing room door was closed for a long time, as you can imagine. I'm sure he couldn't believe it, so uh, we spoke to him afterwards. You know, I'm angry, frustrated, disappointed, but I thought we started the game well. I thought we had good, good energy about us and thought we had chances and then second half were in total control scored, hit the bar, you know, and then there's a couple of opportunities where the ball's just begging to be put in the net and we've missed the final ball so we've only ourselves to blame Simon? I don't I, I don't agree that they started the game particularly well and I'd go back to what Rob was saying there, I think, speaking from experience in European nights, you come out there and the place is buzzing and you get a lift from that and I think Ferenc Varos got a lift from the place being empty I thought they started quite lively uh, get the goal in front and then maybe 15-20 minutes before half time Celtic became more like themselves looking a threat going forward and at that point you actually didn't want half time to come but in fairness they took that on to the second half at the start of the second half get themselves back on level terms with a fortuitous goal obviously Christy the deflection but then I just the, the way the game was going I thought I can see Celtic getting another couple of goals here didn't really see them scoring again and it wasn't even a counter-attack. You know, it was a, it was almost a clearance that's broke to the guy. El Hamed's running alongside him. I don't think there's too much of a threat, but once it goes inside the box, I think he's too tentative. He's too cute with whatever he's tried to do. And he's teed, he's teed the player up. Rob? Yeah, I mean, individual errors, you know, obviously come into it. And, and something, you know, sometimes you just can't, can't legislate for that. But... Yeah. Uh, one, you know, one of the excuses that does go out the window is that, well, it's early season, we weren't quite ready, we weren't quite up to speed, all, all, all that sort of stuff. Well, you know, we, we know season after season what time these games come around, so the players have to be in the right shape. You have to have your squad together, you have to have your key players, you have to have your alternatives to Odds and Edouard ready. You can't, you can't be holding that up as an excuse. I'm not suggesting Neil Lennon is holding that up as an excuse. It, it's just a really big disappointment, and, and maybe... Maybe we have to come to the... We, we don't want to be accepting that Celtic are a Europa League team, but maybe that's the reality. That's the tournament in, in which they flourished last season, probably should have done better than they did, did so well with those two wins against Lazio and, and all the rest of it. And maybe that's what, what we have to look forward to now from Celtic this season. But it is a real disappointment. We would like to see them uh, matching up to the top Champions League teams, and it's a real letdown that that's not happening. Simon, you're not so sure. No, I, I agree with Rob to an extent. I, I don't. It's, it's hard to argue with Celtic not being a Europa League team, but they went out to a team last night that I think Celtic are better than. Uh, it's different if you can get to the group stages and the likes of. I've seen them taking a drubbing off PSG in recent yeah. years and teams of that ilk. You can argue they're not at that level, but teams like Ferenc Varos are beatable. And, and I think on reflection of last night's game, Celtic were the better team but never took their chances. And Rob makes the, the good point that Celtic have had a few games under their uh, their belt, whereas the you know the Ferenc Varas had only two like games. Two games yeah. So, you know, they should have been rustier. But, uh, well, what do you think? Give us your calls now, 0808 17 17 700. Let's hear from Scott Brown then afterwards. What did the captain have to say about the defeat? Yeah, it's, it helps all the lads and it's the lads' responsibility, the manager picks the best team to go out there but we need to deliver on the park and we've had a few chances we've just not managed to take them and I think they've not had a lot of shots on target but they were clinical So Tony is on the line from Bayliston Tony, good evening Evening, how are you doing? Yeah, we're fine, thanks thanks for calling in So what do you want to say to Simon and Rob and Ali? It was just 
kind of picking up on the last three awful kind of qualifiers we've had. Copenhagen, Cluj, and obviously Ferenbaros. And they've all been quite similar, whereby we've conceded an early goal, get back into the game, been in control of the game, and then managed to concede a goal. I just wonder how we don't kick on, how have we not get the energy. I find it bizarre, because Celtic are much better, I think, than those three teams. Yeah, uh, I probably, I've been at two of those games. I missed the Cluj game. Uh, I was certainly at the Copenhagen game just before lockdown. And these are games that Celtic are the better team, I would say, and, and expect to beat teams, particularly at home, like last night in a one-off game at home. But even with the Copenhagen game, watching them over in Denmark, could I put that, that tie to bed in the first half? Uh, allowed Copenhagen back into it, and then nobody could really foresee how the game finished at Celtic Park but it's frustrating I mean last night again you can see it in Lenny's face at the end when he's doing his post-match interviews it's almost a disbelief how the game's panned out because for me Celtic were in control in the second half they never got off to a good start found themselves a goal behind but created plenty of chances uh, and it's just a frustrating one because I couldn't see where the Hungarians were going to score Tony? Yeah, I know. I mean, I was watching the game, you're thinking we're going to win 2 or 3 1, but how many times have you seen that with Celtic? I mean, Malmo, Molda, Maribor, I mean, all these teams who, all due respect, shouldn't be anywhere near us. Um, And then you get hit by a sucker punch, and next minute you're in the Europa League. But I I can't say I'm that surprised. I'm not sitting here fuming or raging. I'm not that shocked by it, which is. The most worrying thing, I think. Really, you're not you're not shocked. You just uh, you feel you've seen it before. Yeah, yeah, we've well, seen it last year with Clue. Yeah. We were a, yeah. we were a poor team. Seen it with Copenhagen. I was in Copenhagen. We played them. As Simon yeah. said, we could have, we could have buried that game in 15 mm. minutes. Yeah, and totally. then you get hit with, with obviously back at Parkhead. You can beat three mm. one. Seen it with teams like Maribor. You get a good result away, then back and you lose. A K Athens. I mean, these teams are nowhere near Celtic. But you you ask any Celtic fan or look in social media, you, you've seen the film before. Yeah. Um, Rob mentioned it was it a factor without the crowd so we asked Scott Brown again on the reaction on that and in these crazy times that we're in was it did, did that affect them last night? Uh, it's a difficult season for everyone no fans for us now we, it's all about how we bounce back we know we're going to get the next couple of days in the paper for us now we've got to get together we've got to be stronger than we ever have been and we've been in this situation before and it's not nice to take and we didn't want this situation but for us now we need to make sure that we're working extremely hard, everyone's putting it in and training as well as the games and we can't just turn it on for Motherwell, Hamilton's and stuff like that and then expect to turn it on the Champions League. Scott Brown on the Go Radio Football Show just after the match. Uh, Rob, but the headline, it's not even Celtic uh, going out last night, it's about the players and Neil Lennon, I think everyone was surprised when he said, no, I've been thinking this for a while and there are some people that maybe want to leave and they should leave. What was your reaction? Yeah, I I was shocked by that. Um, I mean, that's obviously been uppermost in Neil Lennon's mind. Uh, that's what that's been uh, what he said immediately after after the match. And and obviously, if players are thinking about their individual futures, um, then that is going to deflect away from the 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 main uh, target. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, you you would imagine there's going to be repercussions here. Uh, who who at Celtic? 
uh, is playing for a move out of there. And, and you just don't want that. And, but, but it could recur. We've got a really long transfer window here. It's not ending at the usual time. It's going on till October. So this could be, a, if players are unsettled at Celtic, this could be a factor in the title race as well. On the day when David Turnbull, of course, signed the four-year deal, we thought that would happen today, Simon. Yeah. Um, but on the wires, they're saying that agents are asking about the future of what's the valuation of Christopher Iyer, for example. The club haven't said anything on this. But, you know, obviously many of the players have been mentioned over the summer that they will be wanted. And you expect that nowadays, but obviously it's really eating away. Sorry about that. I was speaking yeah, at We'll come back to Rob in a moment or two there. He's at uh, Pataudry. But it's obviously got to the manager. Yeah, yeah, and I read a couple of things today suggesting that it was a deflection on the result, which I don't get. Lenny accepted it was his responsibility to pick the team. Uh, he, he accepts the defeat, uh, responsibility for that. But this has been eaten away. I mean, he said as such in his interview last night that this has been eaten away for months. Uh, so I've, I've been in that, exp- uh, that side of it, you know, in coaching and management. There's a lot goes on off the pitch that we don't uh, see. And he's had to handle this and obviously it's came to a front with the disappointment of last night. People say maybe a bit unprofessional, keep it in-house, but he's felt strongly enough to address this because he knows everybody's going to jump on it. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks. All right, well, give us your thoughts. Tony, thanks for calling in from Bailiston. I think Rob is there just at the turnstile paying his admission at Petordry, <laughs> somebody was saying. Well, Petordry, you would be paying, wouldn't you, to go in? Although I think it's a bit early for him. I think it's six o'clock. He'll go in for the match tonight at 7.45 and Motherwell in action against Glen Torren this evening. But of course, it's this time where you know you, you have to think, oh yeah, people will be going there. We can't. We can't go there yet. And what do you think of the fact that the uh, authorities are allowing uh, rugby to have people in before football. Celtic wanted people in at the weekend. Ross County are looking to get uh, supporters in, but at the moment they're going with rugby. So why is it rugby as opposed to the people's sport of football? Give us your thoughts here in Glasgow's own Go Radio. Give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. Reagan from Bailiston's on. Hi, Reagan. Good evening. Oh, hi there. How are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, I It was just to say to, to, to Simon... I just don't know why Neil Lennon did a striker because surely it was the, the, the perfect opportunity to play somebody like a, a, a Patrick Kamala or a, a, a or yep. someone just to play a so and cha, so champ can play in, in midfield so they can get the best out of the, the starter, the starter allowing players. Reagan, a really good point and one that I was going to put to you, Simon. It's one we talked yeah. about just beforehand. Why evening, didn't he go? Evening, Reagan. Uh, I've kind of sat and thought about it throughout the day and again, kind of tapped into my experience of that side of it. You'd, maybe there's things going on in training. Ayeti's obviously not up to, to speed yet. He's not played a lot over the, the last year. Klamala has addressed this situation in lockdown, came back, looks fit, looks hungry. But maybe they're just not up to the levels that Lenny thinks they should be at in training as such. I mean, for the life of me, if they two guys are flying in training and banging goals in left, right and centre, one of them, if not, both play. But Lenny is obviously working with them day in, day out, and he's decided to go with it last night's team. Now, people say there's no straight... There was no out-and-out centre-forward there, but you look at Christie, you look at El Yanusi, you look at James Forrest, they're all attacking players. I wouldn't say there's midfielders, they're attacking football players have created goals I think Christie scored 16 maybe more last season a lot of assists 
So the, the, the team that went out, I think, was more than capable of getting the result. And for, and for me, the biggest problem was that James Forrest has got no competition. Competition now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, listen, uh, James. James hasn't started the season as well as 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 form last year. But I mean, again, assists and goals from James throughout in big games. You know, that's that's where the likes of Neil Lennon might take that into consideration. Going back to big games, cup finals where he's done it before, nights in Europe where he's done it. And last night was a big game, and maybe maybe he wanted his experienced guys who'd been over the the course before. And it's up to the two guys. The, the two guys. I mean, I know Ayeti came off the bench and scored an important goal at Tannadice last week. But it's, yeah. it's up to these two guys to take the bat and, and, and push and, and actually get in the team. But by that might be by performing and training. You know, you don't just get an opportunity to start in the eleven. You need to be doing it day in day out. As Bruni touched on there. Yep, he did. Regan, yeah. thanks for that. There's some good points there. Rob, before you head in for the match, final thoughts uh, for the moment uh, from last night. Celtic have said they're going to strengthen. It's the longest window uh, in record. Um, so they're not going to get people in in time for the Champions League. That's gone. But what do you think? At the back, obviously, they need more strength. Yeah, I mean, Shane Duffy's been talked about for yep. a good long time now. You, you would hope that that is about to happen. Uh, a left back as well would be a priority, you would imagine. But there's so much quality there already. There should have been enough, whatever. Even without uh, Klimala and Ayeti on the bench last night and the team that Neil Lennon picked, that should have been good enough to get through. And as Simon says, uh, you know, on another night, Celtic would have taken the chances. They might have been better at the back and they might have gone through and we wouldn't be having this conversation. But from a positive point of view... This could be a rocket up Celtic that, that, that maybe, uh, maybe will benefit them. We might look back on this and think that was a real blot in the landscape. But actually, Celtic kicked on from there. They got all uh, the problems in the dressing room about potential transfers. They got all that sorted out and actually spurred them on to, towards 10 in a row and maybe a good long run in the Europa League as well. Simon? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, sometimes... It comes to a head. I believe the dressing room door was shut longer than normal last night, so obviously words have been said. And sometimes it takes... I mean, it's nobody wants to get knocked out at this early stage in the Champions League. It's bad reflection on the club, bad reflection on Scottish football. But yeah, maybe something like this just stimulates that conversation uh, and, and puts everything to bed. The stuff that's been rumbling on has obviously been frustrating Neil Lennon for the, for the last few months. And what about Neil Lennon? He takes responsibility as well. I mean, ultimately, the coach, the manager, the you buck know, stops there. You know something, Paul? Yeah. See, I read all this stuff before yeah. the game. Edward, I, was, I sat down like everybody else and seen he wasn't even on the bench. I thought, right, OK, he's injured. I was a wee bit concerned because Griffiths is nowhere near it just now. Uh, but when it got to 1-1, I'd seen some of the stick that they were taking initially in the game on social media. When it got to 1-1, I thought, you know what? They're going to win this game and nothing will be said about it. But unfortunately, when you don't get results, you're then questioned. Goals, isn't it? It's it's the results that count. People will forget what happened, you know, and Jam hits the bar. It's what's happened. They're out of the Champions League. It's not good for Scotland, uh, not good for Celtic, but uh, they move on. Rob, enjoy the match. We'll speak to you beforehand uh, for Aberdeen tonight at Pataudry. Thanks, Rob. Rob McLean. Yeah, I paid my my admission money on (laughs) it. Who's your dues? Thanks very much there in the Doric. A terrible in person. So that's Rob. We'll hear from him later. So quick break. Then we're going to take more of your calls. Uh, Celtic fans, what do you think? Rangers fans as well. And also we're going to hear from the QPR star, the former Rangers and Aberdeen player, Dominic Ball. That's coming up next. 
The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Thanks, Ali. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We're here until seven tonight. Simon Donnelly's with us in the studio. Good first 20 minutes, Simon. The the phones are going red hot, as you would imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. keep them coming. Keep them coming. Just what you said there, though, isn't it? If, you know, the ball goes in, suddenly it's kind of forgotten about, you know, if Celtic had gone ahead. It's football, if, Paul. Yeah, right? it's, it's football. The margins, the margins tiny margins. Yep. Yeah, yep. been there. I've experienced that many a time. Well, what do you think? Call us now, 0808 17 17 700. And we're on all the socials as well, Ali. Absolutely. If you want to get in touch, you can do it on the socials. Go Football Show or drop us even a text, 87474. Go at the start of your message and it's your normal network rate. Well, we've had some great guests on the programme over the last few weeks, uh, not least last night as well. Craig Levine was on. We had John Hartson before the match. and we Lauren some, Shanklin and Lauren jumped Shanklin, in as well. Yeah, from the Scotland squad. That was yeah. good to hear him from your old club at Dundee United. And delighted to welcome to the programme now from Queen's Park Rangers, uh, the former Rangers favourite, had a year there and a couple of years at Pataudry. It's Dominic Ball. Dom, good evening. Good evening. How are you guys? Yeah, we're good, thanks. Th- thanks very much for joining us. The weather's not got any better here since you were uh, in Glasgow or Aberdeen. Um, but uh, obviously everyone's talking about the football Celtic going out of the Champions League last night. Uh, and it's never good news, is it, to see our clubs going out of Europe? No, exactly. You know, Aberdeen tonight in there as well. and It's disappointing because of the Champions League plan. You know, we want to see all the Scottish teams, Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen sort of in the Champions League group stages at least. Um, so, no, it's disappointing. And of course, Rangers will come in later. Did you enjoy your year at Rangers? Mark Warburton, of course, you've kind of followed him through your career. You were in Tottenham, you were there. I'm going to ask you shortly about the new uh, Amazon programme. Uh, I'm sure you'll be watching that. But Mark Warburton's been such a big part of your career, Tom. Yes, I love, absolutely love my time at Rangers. I mean, I didn't know what to expect when I first went up there, um, just going on loan. But... You know, from the first day when I went into uh, to Murray Park, and you know, there's there's ten there's ten people there with the with the media and the press, and you see yourself in the paper the, the following day on all the papers, and it's like, geez, it's, di- it's different world up there. Um, I felt anyway, going from like a under 23 teams at, at Spurs to what, 50, 60,000 fans at, at Rangers every week. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I thought. You know, the football that we played that year, you know, the success that we had and also the fans, I thought it was, uh, well, it was it definitely was over my expectations. And that was the year of the championship win coming back into the Premier League. Have you kept connections at the club, Dom, since your time here? Yes, you know, obviously I'm at, uh, I'm at QPR now with Lee Wallace and Liam Kelly, who were, well, Lee Wallace was obviously the captain that year and played a massive part. In our success, and as, and as a captain, was was probably one. He's probably one of the best captains that I've had. And he's obviously at QPR with me now. Liam Kelly, I think mm-hmm. I'd speak to to Tav Tav every so often. I know Wes Wes is gone now. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think from that from that squad, it's only it's only Tav I think that was that is still there. Yeah, the captain's uh, still there. Yep. So well, he's, he's obviously done. Tav's done uh, unbelievable there. He was unbelievable that season for us. Yeah. And you'll be having Lyndon Dykes. Well, he's joined you now, hasn't he? And uh, did you ever come up against him when you played at Pataudry? No, I didn't, actually. I think, obviously, the first year I was at Aberdeen, he was at Queen of the South. And then he went, obviously, he was at Libby for a year. Yeah. I think, uh, so I, did, I didn't actually come up against him. Uh, but, I mean, he, he settled in very quickly at, at QPR. 
we played our first game the other day and he done he done really well, scored a goal and I think he's been perfect for us. So we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens this season. But it's great to like sort of have him in now. Well, former Celtic striker and Scotland striker uh, Simon Donnelly's with us here. Simon, Dom, how you doing, mate? You okay? Yes, I'm good, Simon. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Good. Uh, that's good to hear about Lyndon Dykes. Obviously, he's just been announced into the, the, the Scotland setup for us, so it's great to see him fitting in. But just to go back to the, the result last night, obviously, uh, from my experience down south, you find yourself constantly defending the Scottish game. Uh, results like last night make it a wee bit more difficult. Eh? It's, it's, it's important that the, the teams bounce back tonight, particularly your old club Aberdeen and, and Motherwell. No, exactly. It's, it's, it's funny you say that because we actually had the debate today. It's the usual debate we have yep. because we've obviously got we've got Lee Wallace, Liam Kelly, Lyndon Dykes, uh, myself, uh, and, and, and Nico Hammerlinen, who was at Kilmarnock last year. Yep. And the debate the, we actually had the debate today would be would Rangers beat Leeds? You know, Leeds have just gone into the Premiership. Yeah. Um, and you know, the lads that have played in Scotland are sort of saying, you know what? Yeah. It would be it would be a very good game. Whoever was better on the day would win. Yeah. But I think what you're saying there is that you, you do end up having to defend it. And, and even for myself, before I went up there, I had no idea. Yeah. I, I had no idea what the standing was like. You know what the size of ranges even. Yeah. Um, but when you go up there, it is a massive eye opener. Yeah, of course I can. I, I can. I came can through the ranks at Celtic a wee bit different, but I can imagine you coming from down there up to experience the, the size of a club of Rangers. But yeah, I, I continuously defended, in my time down south, continuously had to defend the Scottish game. And it's just a shame yeah. that we get results like last night, because as I say, it makes it a wee bit more difficult. Yes, no, I do. I, it's, I think, as, uh, you know, being part of it up there, I know obviously you do have the massive, you do have, not the divide, but the. The Rangers and the Celtic. You, yeah, you want to yeah. see. You want to see. You want to see the teams sort of competing at the, at the highest level. Yeah. Um, well, I, th- so, I think last yeah, year's. I think last year's runs have got that coefficient up for the, up. the Scottish yeah. game. You know, so yeah. it's important to try and keep that. Keep that high. Yeah, we've got two well, no, two think, next season, yeah. Dom. We've got two can qualify into the Champions League for next season because the coefficient has got so much better. Yeah, which is brilliant because. You know, it gives, for example, if it, if, it, if it is Rangers or Celtic, but even other teams pushing, pushing those like the Celtic and Rangers, it just makes. I think it makes it a lot more competitive, and and also there's a lot more reward at the end of the at the end of the season. And I do think the clubs like Rangers and Celtic, for example, that they, they, they should be in the Champions League. Yeah. 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 What, about, what about your old team then, Aberdeen? So you had a couple of years, two loan spells there. Derek McInnes has done an awesome job. Um, what do you think for them this season? Well, I think they've done. Obviously, they've done some really good. Uh, they've brought some really good players in, and I, I still stay in touch with Derek McInnes and Tony Doherty, and even a lot of the players there. I'm still very good friends with them, and you know, it's been a, after what happened with uh, you know with the COVID, and they've actually you know two games in a row to, to go and win. If they can like carry that on, I think they've got a very strong squad there, and they they have to be pushing. They have to be pushing up the top. Simon, would you agree? Yeah, obviously a difficult start against yeah. another of Dom's old teams, Rangers, in the first day and then through all the COVID carry-on, they found themselves at the bottom of the table with games in hand, but they've had a couple of good results. Uh, I watched a couple of... The, the game against St Johnson wasn't the best, but the boy Hedges, I think, came off the bench and scored, and I believe he was the difference at the weekend as well. So, yeah, they've, they've been over the course, and tonight, 
it's a wee shot in the arm if you can do well in Europe as well so good luck to them and Dominic, how much are you looking forward to this season at QPR then? Traditionally a great footballing club, isn't it? They've got so many great names over the years. The fans love to see you having a goal. No, absolutely. I think, you know, we've, we've kept a good core of players from uh, from last season. And, you know, last season we brought, there was 14 players left, 14 players in. So it was about sort of, you know, coming together as a team and with, with the manager and his sort of style of play trying to implement that. But within having so many changes, there are obviously uh, it's not as simple as okay, you bring all the players together and you play you play amazing. There was there were some really good signs of some great football last year, and I think you know we finished I think we finished 12th or 13th, which is probably probably fair. But we'll be looking to we'll be looking to push for playoffs this season. Well, good luck for that, mate. We'll be following you, obviously. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, things get up and. The fans can come back and a wee bit of normality to football soon as, as well. So good luck to you. That would be brilliant, Tom. And before you go, what about Mark Warburton then? He's got a, a great track record. He had a couple of good years, helped Rangers to move up the divisions, heading back to the Premier League. Didn't quite work out at the end. What's the defining thing about Mark Warburton that makes him a success? I think it's that how he brings this, you know, the team unity. You know, that everyone, the change room that we've got is like... There's no bad character. It's it's a team that we're all in it together, and with that, everyone sort of wants to play well for for the manager and the staff and the team uh, to implement that style of football. That you know, that possession-based, creating chances. It's entertaining football, and for me, I enjoy playing in it, just like I'm sure the rest of the lads do. And what about the documentary on Tottenham? Of you, have you seen a sneak preview yet? Are you going to be watching? Yes, I will do. I will do. I think that will be that'll be very interesting. And uh, obviously, I was at I was at Spurs well three or four years ago now, and yeah. obviously there's still players there that I, I, I'm, in, I'm in touch with. So I look forward to that. Should be good. I see the teaser said he was uh, Mourinho saying that Deli Ali not a great trainer. <laughs> <laughs> great player though. Yeah, exactly. So and I'll be it'll be very interesting. And Dom, final question then. We can't have a former Rangers player on the line without asking what is going to happen this season. So Simon was part of the Celtic team in 97-98 that stopped Rangers 10 in a row. Long time ago. Well, but, so what do you think is going to happen this year? Who's going to win the Premiership in Scotland? It's, I'm going to have to go with Rangers. I'm going to have to go with Rangers. You know, the way that I've seen them start the season, as long as they can be consistent... Um, then I'm going to have to stay Rangers. And Messi for Manchester City, do you think it's going to happen? I think if he's going to come to the Premier League, I think Man City will be the only, it's the only team I can realistically see him going to, obviously with Pep there. Um, so it would be great if he'd come. I, I, I'd probably even get a Man City shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a Man United fan. Are so. you a United fan? Oh, yeah. Well, it's Alex Ferguson. I think he has been tuned into this show and we hope to get him on the on the show soon. And the final uh, final one, then we've got Andy Robertson against Kieran Tierney. As you can hear, Dom, we ring out every Scottish connection we can. So the charity shield, uh, what a year it's been for both of them. Let's say Andy Robertson and uh, Simon, you played a big part. You played a part. You and Jackie McNamara took him to Dundee United. Yeah, we, we had him, uh, Jackie signed him from Queen's Park uh, and he hit the ground running at Dundee United unbelievably well. Had a phenomenal season and was off to Hull within the year. We literally could not afford to keep him uh, and well, the, the rest is history. He's went on to win the league, European Cup, 
unbelievable Scotland captain as well it's amazing Fantastic. yeah so Arsenal um, Kieran Tierney he, he's had a great season hasn't he he managed after the injury to uh, force himself into the team and became you know a, a real stalwart of that what do you think for Kieran Tierney what do you see ahead for him Dom I think obviously from my time in Scotland Kieran, Kieran Tierney was, was probably one of the best players in, well probably the best player in the league and when I was first watching Arsenal at the start of the season and you know he was sort of in and out I sort of said my best mate is an Arsenal fan I sort of said to him like he should be playing in that team and I think you know as we saw towards the end of last season he really sort of picked it up and I think going forward for Arsenal Tini will play a big part for him yeah brilliant Dominic Ball, you're top man. Thanks very much for coming on the programme and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you during the season. Good luck at QPR. Good luck, Dom. Thanks a lot, guys. Catch you later. Cheers, Cheers. Dom. Cheers. Ali loves his enthusiasm. Right up for it. We threw everything <laughs> at him. Yeah. I know. I feel like he's probably out driving to think, what on <laughs> earth was. have I signed up for? I wasn't well, sure if he was in the bus or the train. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been rain or something. On it his... was something, yeah. yeah. What an Hands enthusiast. free, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember him at Aberdeen at the time <clears> at Rangers, but never. It's the first time I've heard him on. What, what, a, good, what a good lad. Yeah. Right, more of your calls coming in. 0808 17 17 700, the Go Radio Football Show. Paul Cooney with Simon Donnelly. Ali Defoy and Greg coming up next from Johnson The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go. More major incidents on the roads at the moment Two lanes closed and queuing traffic due to flooding on the ME eastbound from Junction 15 Townhead to Junction 14 Fruit Market There's one lane closed and slow traffic due to flooding on the ME Kingston Bridge westbound at Junction 19 Anderson Cross Very slow traffic on the M8 eastbound at Junction 29 St James Interchange Paisley to Junction 13 for uh, for Junction 1 of the M8 for Proven. There are several lane closures in place along this stretch due to the flooding. The travel time is currently 50 minutes. You heard me correctly. A74 London Road is closed in both directions from the Old Dalbeth Cemetery due to flooding from Glasgow City up to Braidfold. The road um, has got slow traffic there as well. Again, flooding on the M74 in both directions from Junction 5 Wraith Interchange to Junction 2 Rutherglen. Approach with care there as there are large par- large patches of surface water and flooding along the stretch. Very slow traffic on the M8 westbound from Junction 13 Province to Junction 28 Glasgow Airport. Several lane closures are in place along this stretch due to flooding. Travel time is currently 35 minutes. Public transport-wise, a suspended service on the ScotRail between Glasgow Central and Rutherglen due to flooding on Bridgeton and between Belgrove and Glasgow Queen Street due to signalling problems. Again, service has been suspended. Goodness me, you're up to date. That is your latest. If there's anything you spot and it's safe and legal to do so let us know on 0808 17 17 700 yeah take it easy out there tonight uh, unbelievable still in August uh, beautiful so you were playing golf on Monday in the sunshine yeah oh it was beautiful yeah. Monday night fantastic and then we woke to this on, on Tuesday and it's, yeah. it's no stop since where did you play how's Cathkin Bays well of course Stevie yeah. Bree and them all there yeah, yeah. Well, of course I rejoined <laughs> yeah. just after uh, yeah. lockdown so thoroughly good. enjoying it when the sun's good. out yeah of yeah. course fair course, weather golfer yeah of course <laughs> Ali loves the golf as well you've just come uh, from Carnoustie yeah um, very nice uh, not that good though. Well, still. It's a good course, but I'm not that good on it. Difficult <laughs> course. Yes. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Course looking good though. Course is yep. looking excellent. As I say, the sun was out. You couldn't ask for any more. And then typical Glasgow 
24 hours later. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Cameron was a favourite there, didn't he? Andy, Andy plays, plays a lot. Yeah. He does, yeah. 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 We'll need to get Cy Ferry into the golf. I don't know yeah, if he would like Barry's to. Yeah, Barry's into it. Oh, Barry, Barry tried plays. to get a handicap the other day. Yeah. Aye, Barry plays. I've played, yeah. it. I've played with Barry, he's decent. Yeah, oh, he's, don't yeah. tell him that. Yeah. <laughs> but you all tend to be. I remember playing against Derek Johnson at tennis when uh, with Ross King. We played them and we were a bit younger and fitter, we thought. Yeah. It was Ross's dad who would have been about 70 at the time. Derek wasn't that much older, too, but say Derek was 40 yeah. and we were about 30. And we hammered them in the first set, 6-1, and after that we didn't win a match. And he's a decent player. A hustler. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> you are, it's the elite sportsman. You've got that thing. And, and uh, Ross's dad was a great player as well. And Derek, just that precision, you've got it. There's, there's Go, a difference. Golf's a difficult one. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hitting a wee bit of form now, but it's one of the games you need to play twice a week at least just it's, it's very technical it can be Absolutely. frustrating at times and you can be brilliant one day and the next oh, day you turn up it's like yeah. you've never lifted a golf club exactly. in your life exactly <laughs> Go Radio Football Show Greg's on from Johnson hi Greg thanks for calling in Greg good evening hello hello Greg me? hi we've got you now hi how are you yeah I'm good thanks how are you good yeah I'm well thank you so obviously uh, about last night Ah. Uh, Unbelievably frustrating. Mm. Um, Celtic seem to be going through the years completely incapable of navigating through these rounds. And uh, I guess last night was just a repeat of, of, of the previous years. It's very, very, very frustrating as a Celtic fan. What do you think, think went wrong? Um, I think a number, a, a number of issues. I think. I guess the elephant in the room that, that will be on the end of every Celtic fan's lips is why did we not start with a striker? Yep. Um, we've got £7 million worth of striking talent on the bench, yet we took the Craig Levine tactic of old and went without a striker. And it's obviously it's obviously cost us a tie. I think, um, think attacking-wise, um, we done okay. We created plenty of chances. Um but I think without a striker on the park and, and finishing off those, those those chances, there's a number of kind of cuts across the box where, where normally you would see the likes of, of Lee Griffiths or, or in this case Ajeti or Kamala or what have you, um, they just just missing just missing that cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so so frustrating. Greg, that's your thoughts. So Simon, you, you grimaced when he said it was the Craig Levine option with uh, no striker. Yeah. Hi, hi Greg, how you doing? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, 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 I seen this comment the four six zero. I don't. I know. I know where. He, I know where Greg's coming from. There was no recognised striker on the pitch, but Celtic had a lot of the play, a lot of the attacking threat, a lot of the chances created. Uh, it wasn't a case of the the, the four six zero of the Scotland years when you're sitting behind the ball and just banking in. You know, Celtic had a lot of the play. I would agree with them and the, there was two instances in that second half where James Forrest puts one across the face of the six yard box and Elianus is almost hovered out for the cutback. A proper predator would maybe be in there sniffing for the goal. Yeah. And then the second one, I think they work it down the inside right, Christie comes into the box, skips by someone, gets to the byline. And yeah. in fairness to Elianus, he's bursting his backside to get in there. But a number nine a proper centre forward might just put the brakes on there and enable the cutback to just come onto them and you put it into the back of the net it's, 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 as you said earlier on Paul it's fine margins but there's the two wee instances that I take from the game last night where if a 
proper centre forward is on the pitch maybe Celtic take one of those chances Greg Absolutely no, I, yeah. I, I agree with that and I think I think other questions need to be raised around I know we talk about player player game management but there's also an element of, 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 of the manager managing the game mm-hmm. and on, on countless occasions um, I mean don't get me wrong Lenny's got it right plenty of times but I think last night leaving the, the score as it was, but even the 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 substitutions to the seventy seventh minute. Like, Greg, we're not, we're not... Greg, you were obviously watching the game at one one. Did you feel comfortable though? Did you see anything other than Celtic going on to score again? No, I, to be honest, I didn't. I felt Did I, I felt we were on a we felt we were on a. I know we were in complete control, but like we were on a shaky peg, as you've seen with one clearance. You know, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Expecting... A game always sits. On a shaky peg, as you say, there at one-one. But mm. with the flow of the game, everything was going. All the traffic was going towards the Hungarians' goal. They've hit the bar. They've had those couple of chances that we just talked about there. I really didn't see a threat from Celtic. No, from no. the Hungarians. I, I, I felt the next goal and possibly the third goal was going to come from Celtic. With the way the game yeah, was, well, was going in that second half, one, once they get back onto level terms. I think there was a, a newfound confidence there as well from the wee boost from getting the goal, and I, I honestly thought Celtic were going to go on and win the game. Yeah, well, the, well, the expectation was absolutely there. We should have went on and won the game. Yeah, um, but I think I, I, I think I think had we have made substitutions earlier, then then potentially, I mean, it's, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I think yeah. if we if we got a striker on the park earlier then we probably would have been in with a better chance. I appreciate I we did hit the bar um and we were we, we were breathing down our necks heavily but I think I think with that pressure comes a level of complacency mm. um which we were obviously at, 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 at fault for last night and that can be seen with with, with the clearance and, and obviously the the goal that lost us the game. But I mean like you say it's it is fine margins. Um I don't think that we should have gambled um, the way we did, I think we should have started with a striker. We've paid five million pounds for a guy from West Ham, and he's not starting the game. Yeah. What 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 does that say? Does that say that he's 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 incapable or he's not trusted? I feel like Kamala's probably not trusted at that level, despite yeah. the fact that he's, I would, su- I would suggest on quite. I would suggest that yet he's maybe just as everybody is in. He's not up to to match speed yet. Yeah. He's just came in, he's dipped in at Tannadice, he's got a, a, a really important goal last weekend. Klamala's maybe the one that we need to question, he's been there a lot longer, he certainly looks as if he's put the work yeah. in in lockdown, you know, he's come back looking fit and strong, scored a, a good goal on um, match day one versus Hamilton, yep. but for whatever reason has not been involved much since, so there's the one that we maybe have to question, and it might just be down to performance and performance levels in yeah. training. And Lee Griffiths yeah. has been a big loss, hasn't he? When Massive. Because the start of the year, you know, after Dubai, Massive. He was, was he out, the outstanding player for you? Aye, because he took a wee bit of pressure off Edward it's, and the team had a great yeah. shape about it and Celtic had a flow about them. They were going out after January and scoring two, three, four goals in games and, and rolling teams over. And it was they two bouncing off each other. They were building up a wee relationship. It's been a massive blow. Uh, Griffiths not been up to speed at the start of the season. And who would have imagined, Greg, that you'd start the season yet with Edouard? Absolutely. But there's no other recognised striker. Yeah, yet he's only been in a week and you can see that he's not match fit yet. He's not had enough games. Klamala, I, I think everyone would agree, we're just not sure. 
Um, It's hard to believe they don't have another recognised striker up there at the moment, fully fit. Yeah, I I mean, it's difficult and you can see, like, don't get me wrong, like, we are the dominant force in Scottish football and we create countless chances every other week, but take Edward out of the situation. Obviously, I appreciate Griffiths was, was, I guess, next in line and and, uh, you could argue that uh, the second best striker that we've got at the club, but take Edward out of the situation, then I I feel like at times the team appear to be a little bit lost. Um, Evidence of that would be be the cup final when Edward didn't start and then then he came on and and the, the whole flow of the team just seemed to change automatically. And I don't. I was kind of. I was referring back to that last night when I was mm-hmm. watching the game, and I just felt like that that was ultimately maybe a, a sticking point in that match. But you know, it's it's, right. it's a it's a bit it's a bit of a to swallow. But we're here. Um, we've unfortunately not made it through the round, but um, we've got Europa Europa qualifiers to look forward to. Yeah. And uh, okay, Greg, thanks very much for calling in to the Go Radio Football Show and other Celtic fans on the line. It's Jack who is on. Jack, good evening. Good evening, how are we doing? We're all right? Yeah, we're fine, how are you? Good, Jack. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Ali's on, and so is Simon Donnelly. You're through. I, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm really struggling to understand how how the game went the way it went. Mm-hmm. We had 25-plus shots on, tar, uh, on goal, sorry. We had 70% possession... And then Neil Lennon comes out and says he's not starting with a recognised striker. I don't understand how you can yeah. think that you're going to win a game. Which, as important as that, it was £30 million on the line. And I don't understand how he thought the game was going to go not playing a recognised striker. Mm-hmm. We had 25-plus chances. And if I can guarantee if we had a recognised striker on the pitch, then it's just right place, right time. We would have scored at least two, three, four of them. And Simon, you've just pointed out what a recognised striker would do in the box that maybe others don't have that skill. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can feel the, the callers, Jack, this time. Yeah. There's frustration and, and and amusement how the the game went, and I'm I'm no any different. I sat and watched the same and seen the same as you guys. I'm I'm just trying to put out or see it from maybe the management side of it, why they would come out with that lineup. Yeah. Uh, and for. For me, if they two strikers that sat on the bench, started on the bench, were doing it, were up to speed, one of them or two of them would have started the game. And that's, that's for me, I can only speculate and, and speak from experience, but that's that's the way I see it panning out. The guys that were in the jersey and the starting 11, there was enough there. They created, as, as Jack said, 20 plus efforts in goal there. But yeah, where I agree with them is the two instances. But I seen them at the time when they were happening, and it's no it's not a criticism of El Yunusi. It's maybe just you talk about a centre forward and their instinct to be in the right place at the right time, and yeah. he wasn't in those two occasions. Again, you can see where he's going. He's bursting in there to, but a, a top notch striker would maybe just take the take the brakes on, check back, and that cut back from Christie rather than go beyond them. It's coming right onto him, and he's putting it in the net. Jack, do you think that... Yeah, 100% yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, do you think we spend so much time, you know, over the summer, the season's back, we get into the league, and obviously there's talk then about nine and uh, nine becoming ten, or Rangers stopping it, or whoever, Aberdeen, Motherwell, whoever. But the talk has been about Celtic and Rangers, and we kind of forget about European football. And then suddenly, August or September, we get the wake-up call, because that's the third year running that Celtic haven't gone on to the group stages, which they, they managed. You know, do you think everyone plays a part in it? We all kind of forget about the, the importance and the prestige of the Champions League. Yeah, of course, but I don't understand why. It is arguably the most important part about Scottish football is getting into the Champions League. Yep. And that's that's where our money comes from to be able to do things like that. And I just I just don't understand. You're right, there's nothing I, I like it. it. You know, the no, European I, Cup I agree is, with you, Jack. Yeah, As I say, yeah. I, I can feel it, uh, the frustration there. I get the money side of it, but more just for Scottish yeah. football yeah. for Scottish football I mean you look at yeah. the disappointment of last year but then the two games against Lazio I covered the game at Celtic Park and then the fantastic away yeah. performance in Rome these are these are the games that are beamed around the world these are the things that sit up and take a wee bit of notice with Scottish football oh they've beat Lazio there home and away you want to get into the top tournaments as I said earlier on we touched on it when Dominic was on it reflects poorly on Scottish football and when you're trying to promote your own game I've experienced it down south they'll, they'll laugh you off because of results like last night Jack thanks very much for your call there's another hour of your calls Cheers, guys. thanks very thanks, much Jack. speak to you soon Jack and in the next hour just after 6 we're going to hear from the former Celtic star Murder McLeod that's coming next The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go Good evening, it's six o'clock. I'm Nancy Lewis. A Glasgow school's the focus of coronavirus contact tracing. NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde have confirmed Blair Dardy Primary School is working with Test and Protect. They've refused to release any further details citing patient confidentiality, but they insist there's no evidence of transmission within the school at this time. It comes as police are to be granted extra powers to break up house parties. From tomorrow, officers will be able to disperse indoor gatherings of more than 15 people from more than one household. We won't shut the book on Glasgow's libraries. That's the promise from City Council leader Susan Aitken following community fears venues will never reopen after the pandemic. It's in the face of Glasgow Life losing nearly its entire income since March, causing a black hole of at least £12 million. Ms Aitken says it may take a while, but the vital facilities will make a comeback. Many of our libraries, including one in my own ward, Langside Library, for example, are older buildings and there are challenges around reopening them safely, making sure that people are going to be able to physically distance. So we won't be reopening libraries until we're certain that we can do it safely. Two men have been reported to the Procurator Fiscal after drugs raids in the East End. Properties in Tollcross and Sandy Hills were searched this morning with police uncovering controlled drugs and a number of weapons. One household in Scotland became homeless every 17 minutes between April last year and this March. That's according to new statistics from the Scottish Government. They show a 4% increase from the year before. Charities are reacting, calling on the government to uphold their promise to protect Scots from homelessness. One of those is Shelter Scotland. Their spokesperson Gordon McRae says Holyrood needs to pay attention. We do need to make sure that the Scottish Government fulfil their promise that they made in May to ensure that there's no return to the streets, that nobody but nobody is left is, is left in dangerous or damp accommodation and that we, we can ensure that everyone in Scotland has a safe home. 
Ministers have published a guide to 5G technology in a bid to dispel conspiracy theories. Some campaigners have suggested it causes health problems. A number of masks have been vandalised during the pandemic after links were made between 5G and coronavirus. The pamphlet says the allegations are completely unfounded and shouldn't be used as a basis to block the rollout of the network. You're up to date, on go. Paul Cooney with Ali Defoy, Simon Donnelly and coming up in a moment to two, former Celtic star, it's Murder McLeod who'll be with us and in about 15 minutes we're going to speak to David Clarkston ahead of Motherwell's match tonight against Glenn Torren and uh, give us your thoughts, what do you feel? The Rangers fans have been fairly quiet tonight but I've got a few messages from uh, a pal Big Davey listening in and saying he's thoroughly enjoying the chat tonight Simon and that's part of the thing isn't it, the banter um, that uh, people, I mean overall <laughs> we want Scottish teams to do well in Europe but there's the rivalry in every big city There's always yeah. a bit of banter, I mean yeah. I've a couple of group chats and I've had to take my medicine today yeah. uh, but as I say we've Celtic have enjoyed a, a, a lot of success over the last few years so yeah. times like this you just have to take your medicine Ali where are we tonight all the socials and the numbers to call in absolutely get in touch 87474 if you want to drop us a text put go at the start of your message or alternatively join us all the socials <laughs> are the same at go football show and 0808 17 17 700, the home of uh, Grado in the morning with Crofty and Adele loving it between six. And uh, Simon, you're an early riser, six and ten. School run. Uh, back the school run. Lock, yeah. Lockdown uh, was okay, right. but the yeah. school run's now back, so yeah, up making sandwiches at silly o'clock. Yeah, Crofty I Adele. I can't imagine you making your sandwiches. I love that. Yeah, in between playing your guitar. Adele and Grado tomorrow morning, so that. tune in every morning. Yeah, more on that later. Murdo McLeod is on the line, somebody you know really well, Simon. Murdo, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Hi Paul, how are you? Really well, thanks. And how are you? I'm good, thanks. Everything fine. Just looking here, Dumbarton. I mean, we know the litany of clubs. Celtic, Borussia Dortmund. Is that true? You were there? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Hebs, back at Dumbarton, part of <clears throat> Thistle. But Murdo, great to hear you on. But as I said at the top of the show, I don't think we thought tonight we'd be talking about Celtic going out of the Champions League still in August. Uh, for me, it's a shock. Uh, after watching the, the game last night and you're, you're looking at the... Uh, the Celtic team, um, no, it goes on to the pitch and you've not got a main striker. That that, that was always a shock. And that, the build-up to the game was all about their strikers. Mm-hmm. Everyone was talking about them, how quick they were, how precise they were. They can score goals. They can put the defenders under pressure. And that was it. That, that, that what turned the whole game for me was watching them last night. The front three were, were great, just so quick. Celtic, the, the, the defenders... I don't think they were reading the game well enough throughout the 90 minutes and it's uh, accounted to the two goals. Murdo, it's Sid here. How are you doing? Hi, Simon. Guy, good, thanks. Normally we're talking on Zoom calls, but tonight it's it's the radio. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, on the radio. Why, why, why do you think... Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've given my opinion on the team selection. Why, why do you think that there was no recognised striker? I suggested that... The coaching side of it is that they're maybe not seeing enough on the training pitch. Would you agree or disagree? I think that the biggest thing, Simon, is it's a difficult one to answer because Celtic with two strikers on the bench and you've got Griffiths about the club, you've yeah. got other guys about the club, young young strikers. If you've not got a striker uh, at this time of the season, there's a problem. You know, the, the league's already started, games have already started, European Cups uh, qualifiers have started and you've, and you've got one striker... Yeah. And you're depending on him, and if he's not playing, 
then there's a, a mad rush to playing one of your best midfielders up front, through the middle, albeit he scored the goal, but he's the type of player, he can play any position, yeah. he's got a fantastic attitude, and I think that's what let us down last night as well. I think there's a few players on the pitch, not with the same attitude uh, as Christie. Christie, for me, was, was great, running about the pitch, yeah, closing them down. Yeah. But uh, the back, <clears throat> you're looking at them, it's fine when they're, they're under no pressure, and they're, they're charging forward with the ball at their feet, everything's fine with them, but when the opposition's running at them, then there's a problem. Even the second goal, as you know, Simon, you're looking at it and you're thinking, don't touch him. Yep. Because if you touch him, he goes down, it's a penalty kick. Yep. But what he should have been doing is even slight tackling, because he, get, he was getting beat for pace. Yep. But if he had slid tackled and kept his body in the ground, he would have hit the ball out off his body. Yep. Whereas he just kept on running and running, and he was never going to catch him. No, he ends and up he ends up trying to be too cute and, and steal it, doesn't he? And just toes it onto the the, the strikers. He sets the striker up inevitably. Uh, that, that's right. But, uh, but again, people just switching off. You know that the ball's deep in their half, and that Celtic's got possession. A miss pass from Celtic, and then a long ball over the top, and. They had switched off. Yeah. He should be looking over his shoulder. And as you know, Simon, if, if there's somebody very quick, you always just give yourself a couple of yards. He never managed to do that. He was just sitting kind of in line with him. And then he's too quick for him. And that, that's that's a pattern of the way Celtic have been caught out in the last few games. I know you were at the Copenhagen game uh, at the end of the, the last campaign. Yeah. And yeah. getting caught out with silly, silly mistakes there as well. It seems to be a pattern and... and as you say, maybe a complacency. I, I might feel, I might have kind of get guilty of that as well last night because I, I couldn't see them at one each. I really, I've said it. I, I couldn't see them scoring. You know, I thought Celtic would have got on and got the second goal. Yeah, especially even even towards and in, into the second half, it was good play, getting forward, and it was chance after chance, and then hit the crossbar, and you're thinking, it's, well, it's going to happen at some point, but. Yeah. That's the time, though, the defenders have got to be concentrating even more when you're attacking all the time and they're at the backs to the wall and all this kind of thing. And it just takes one long ball over the yeah. top and you get a goal against you. How do you think this will affect the boys? That's such an important campaign. Looking back to when, when we, we did it in 98, I always say that the the European run that we went on and... and the games against Liverpool gave us a huge confidence. How, how do you think this will affect the boys after after last well, night? I'm, I'm hoping, Simon. That's it just they just put it to the side and just yeah. gone with it. Yeah. You know, they've still got a, a European campaign coming up Correct. on a different in a different trophy. Yep. But we've got to make sure if you're part of that, you've got to show up a good performance because if you start losing games in the UEFA Cup, the Europa League, sorry. If you start losing games in these competitions, then you're you're knocked out early. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, the whole club, the supporters, you listen to all the selfie supporters today, everywhere you turn, they're all heads down and they're talking, oh, don't, don't mention it, don't mention it, what happened last night, yeah. all this kind of thing. And what you're wanting, you're wanting, we, we uh, when you're talking back, uh, when we managed to stop 10 in a row, was we had a, a good European run. Yep. Good mm-hmm. performances, scoring goals, and moving out now away goals with uh, Liverpool. Yeah, 
So it was a good performance throughout the season, and that kept us going, and the players were enjoying playing European football. Yeah. So, Murdo, what did you feel last night then when you heard Neil Lennon afterwards, and when he said, look, uh, there's some players, if they don't want to be here, they should go. Were you surprised that he said that? And it's a, a sign for you of what the pressure, or he's fed up with it, it's gone on for a while, he said? Yeah, I think Neil will be watching players, individuals, throughout the whole squad, because sometimes when you've got the, you've not got many new players in, new faces in, and all that kind of thing, you know how all your, your players are going to react and how they'll fight for you for in a game like this. But I think last night Neil's been building up to this and just hoping it was going to be because I think a couple of games, the Kilmarnock game, yeah, I thought there was a lack of fighting down at Rugby Park, albeit people are complaining about the pitch and all that kind of thing. But the most important thing you need. You need your whole team working really hard, desperate to win a game, helping each other out throughout the 90 minutes. That's what's got to happen. And I'm thinking Neil's sitting there watching and the amount of times the camera was on him and he was shaking his head, even when it was getting a wee bit better, but they're still not doing the things that he was wanting them to do. So they've got to start working a wee bit harder. And Neil's right. See if, see if you get people in your team mm-hmm. and you don't think they're doing enough, you've got to just push them out of the team again. And we'll give somebody else a chance. And if somebody else comes in and does better, that's the most important thing for your team. Murdo, will you stay with us for a few minutes and, and take a couple of calls with Simon just now? Yes. Yeah? Yes, no problem. Sean has called in from Dunfermline. Sean, good evening. Hi there. Hi. Uh, so we've got Murdo McLeod on and Simon Donnelly. Yeah. So what did you want to Hi, say? Murdo. Hi, Sean. Uh, just a quick uh, thing about Forrest and some of the rest of the team. Yeah. They're all getting too complacent, uh, thinking they've they've stated their first their name in the first team sheet every week. Uh, Forrest needs a bit up the backside. Uh, there's no competition in the two wide areas with Ellenusi and Forrest. Sick of them switching wings. Why doesn't he just drop Forrest for a couple of weeks and bring on a player who's been playing brilliant week in week out at right back, but play him right wing, Fringpong. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Forrest was left out recently. I might be wrong there. I'm sure he was yeah. left out in yeah, one of the games he's recently. Left out of <clears throat> yeah, he's yeah. Left out of yeah. Uh, look, see, at a club at like Celtic, Murdo will tell you as well. Competition for places is vital. Uh, I had it all my days at Celtic. You, you never feel really established in a position because there was always somebody breathing down your neck. And from a management point of view, that hopes to bring the best out in the players. I would, I would agree with you. Fr- Frimpong has been a, a breath of fresh air from coming into the team last season. I've, I covered most of the games. People question his defensive capabilities. I think he's, he's okay, the boy. His pace yeah. g- gets him out of a lot of stuff. He's still a young kid learning that position. But the excitement when he goes forward, even last night again when he comes on, he's burst right into when the edge. Came on, he looked like, when he came on, he looked like the only player they wanted to win the game. He'd, he'd, great energy. He had great yeah. energy. And at one point, he, he burst right through to the edge of the box. And I was willing him just to take it on his left foot. He, he didn't back himself. He, he went to try and play into, I forget who it was, Elianusi or somebody, or Ayeti on, on the right-hand side of him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm all for giving Frimpong. I think a lot of people who have watched Celtic last year watching Frimpong would say he might end up there. He might end up further up the pitch yeah. because of his pace and his ability to get to the byline. And also from what I really like about the boy when he gets to the byline, he gets his head up and tries to pick somebody out. So that's a good shoot for Simon, me. Simon, I think what Neil looked at 
he knew that their strikers were strong and quick and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And reasonably, the tall as well for any. Aye, for El Hamed to come in. Yep. The size so of that, yes. I think that's why he's done that. Yes. And I think, again, because I'm talking about Frimpon, I think Frimpon is not a right back. Yep. I don't think he is because he's not good enough defensively. Yeah. I think he's coming from the middle of the park and the likes of Forrest been, he's been good for the, the club over all the years but again he needs a wee bit of competition and I think yeah. Frimpon starting the game a wee bit further forward because when he came on last night he was a breath of fresh air coming on he looked so quick he went by players he, he was causing them problems every time they get into the box and they were stepping away from him they were trying to touch him yeah. and he, he, he should have been on maybe a lot earlier in the game mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a good shoot, Sean. Sean, nothing can change last night. Um, today, David Turnbull has signed a four-year deal and just everyone watching him the last couple of weeks, it's great to see him back after that injury. Um, and people are saying this is a really special player. What do you feel about David Turnbull? And he's got the number 14 jersey, which was Paul Lambert's. I think it's a great signing, Turnbull. Um, are we planning on selling another player to fit Turnbull in or is Turnbull going to be... One for the future as well as other players. Good question. Murdo, it sounds though as though there are going to be changes. You know, the, the manager wants to change and he wants some people to go now. Murdo? Well, that, that, that's important. I think Neil will uh, shake up to the, the team as well because if, if he's sitting there watching a European game at Celtic Park, it doesn't matter. Fans not there. You, you know what's going on. You've got to get out there. You've got to produce a good performance and you've got to beat the team, the opposition. Neil's sitting there shaking his head. He knows that he needs three or four. Just, just something just to light, liven up the place because I, I was surprised looking at the strikers. Where have they been for the last few months? What have they been doing? Have they not been keeping themselves really fit? If you're a football player, you should be ready for a game at any time because you never know when the games are going to get called on uh, during the lockdown. So I think that these strikers should never and not be unfit just now. And that, that's a letdown for Neil, having to put them on the bench and not being confident enough to put them onto the, the, the striker's role when uh, Edward's been put out with his, his injury. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, it's very important now for Neil just to pick the right players he, and good players better than what we've got just now and put them back into the team. And Sean need to strengthen at the back as well. Definitely need another left back. Yeah. Greg Taylor's got the gives one hundred and ten percent every week. Yep, but he just can't. He's not got that crossing ability in the last third. Can he beat the first man? Yep. Uh, on the websites I mentioned, Herald and the Times, the Glasgow Times are saying that Christopher Ayers, representatives have asked Celtic how much it would take for him to be allowed to leave the club. The Norwegian defender has been linked, as you know, over the summer with everyone from AC Milan, Seville, Leicester, and West Brom. Uh, the Herald Evening Times understands a tentative request has been made for his valuation from Celtic before he would be permitted to move. If he would, it's understood that no fee has been provided yet for the player. Simon, what do you think? That's maybe one of the players that Lenny's referring to then. Yeah. We don't know that it is though. We, of yeah. course, we, yeah. we can only speculate and, and, and read between the lines a wee bit. He never played the other night at Tannadice yeah. and then he comes back in last night. But as Murdo said there, if, if, if there's players there that don't want to be a part of this in such a, an important season for Celtic, then you have to move them on. You have to you have to go with the players that want to play. Uh, 
and obviously there's been speculation about bringing in another centre I think they need another centre yeah. back anyway whether anybody goes or not you know I think they need a, a cover there Simonovic is long gone now yeah. Sean isn't he and uh, hasn't been replaced yeah never been replaced so uh, Sean how do you pick yourself up I'm not being uh, glib I mean it's it, uh, you can hear it and we heard in all the other callers earlier on you think about the the weekend, then th- think to try and get the points. Motherwell this weekend, uh, and, and it's, get, a must, yeah. it's a must win three points. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, you've just got to pick yourself up. You've just got to put last night behind you, and hopefully the players pick themselves up. Because mm. it's hard when there's no crowd yeah. for the players to pick themselves up from that. Well, Murdo, you've been at some of the biggest nights in Europe and in the league uh, over the years at Celtic as a player and as part of the management team with Wim Janssen. Uh, do you think that affected Celtic last night, that lack of the home advantage? Well, I think uh, obviously it will affect the, the whole squad just now, losing a game like that last night because they'll be looking forward to a campaign next year and hopefully getting the Champions League and all this kind of thing. But that's what happened. But first and foremost, this year, that there's one target. The European thing, uh, that can happen again next year. You just maybe need to push it to the side because you can't dwell in this. You've got to move on. You've got to get three points at the weekend. That's the most important thing for Celtic just now because there's no way you could let that harm your uh, league position if you're going to lose games just because you're not feeling great and you're not working 100% on the pitch. So I think it's so important for Celtic at the weekend, get all three points and then just push the European campaign and then you know you're going into another European campaign in the, the, the other league, uh, the other cup. So that's that's a big thing for all the Celtic players. They, they've just got to get themselves focused and three points at the weekend. Murdo McLeod, thanks very much. Simon, does that take you back to the dressing room, 97-98? Murdo, they're giving you a rally call. Yeah, always good memories. But he's right. Yep. He's right. And, and Celtic, in fairness... Any setbacks over the last few years, particularly domestically, have always bounced back. They've always answered any questions. It's a, it's a huge blow. Murdo described it as a shock. It was a shock to us all well. Thought Celtic would go through last night. But you have to douse yourself down, get back onto the domestic duty, and they've got two important qualifiers for the Europa League now as well. Yep. Two other matches tonight. We're going to Aberdeen shortly. And next we're going to Motherwell. David Clarkson is coming up on go in two minutes. The Bull Radio Football Show. Thanks, Ali. Loads of messages coming in for Simon Donnelly, Ali and myself, Paul Cooney. We're on till seven. David Clarkson in a moment or two. We're going to look at Motherwell in action tonight against Glen Torren. And then Rob will join us uh, along with Stephen Craigan later about Aberdeen playing the Faroese side. But so many messages coming in. People saying, Simon, it boils down to, right, who are the players then that are dissatisfied and want away? So officially, you know, nobody knows. But you look at the ones over the summer, the question marks about are they coming and they going? We've mentioned Christopher Iyer. Um, well, everyone hoped that Edouard would stay and he started the season really well I was thinking about the money that Celtic will lose now you know 30 million a year over the Champions League that's three years running so does this change I mean, we don't know about the player himself he's given everything but would Celtic look at it differently given that they're not in the Champions League because it is one of the ways of keeping people if you're playing at the highest level yeah I think it's a lure as well when, when you when you can attract players with the Champions League football there the fact that they're out I still go back to the the type of season it is for Celtic it's a massive season uh, do they want to be part of it you know the players that have been there over the last period the, the, the back-to-back trebles 
ridiculous effort that they've put in. Fantastic uh, performances, but you need everybody. You need everybody. This year, Rangers have started really well. Uh, it's going to be a, a high pressure cooker this season, and you need everybody at it. Uh, so it's a it's a real conundrum for for Neil, and you can tell by his frustrations last night that this needs sorted. Tune in every night, five till seven, or on the the iPod as well. You can get us wherever you want, Ali. Absolutely, yeah. you can do yeah. it on the text if you want eight seven four seventy four and put gate go at the sorry go at the start of your message. I'm just happy now. Or you can give us a wee uh, bit follow on our socials at Go Football Show. Well, somebody who knows Celtic's news signing very well, David Turnbull signed today a four year deal, and on the line now we've got David Clarkson. David, good evening. Evening, Paul. How are you? Okay. Yeah, good. Good to hear you. Uh, we do some things for the the kids' football in Lanarkshire, uh, but it's good to hear you in Go Radio. Uh, big day today for David Turnbull. We want to talk about Motherwell, obviously, in a moment. But um, well, everyone's been impressed by him. You'll be sorry to see him go from Motherwell, but uh, pleased the way he started the season back at full fitness. Eh, if he's back at full fitness, I'd be surprised. I think that's probably the bonus just now. You know, I think we've watched him a few times, been excellent so far, mm-hmm. and I think there's still more to come. Uh, you know, with how long he's been out, uh, he's done well to get himself back fit, obviously towards the end of last season. So I still think there's been another gear or so to come from him. So that's always a bonus when you're watching him. Obviously, disappointed for Mother, and now he's going to go, but. I think there's still a lot more to come in terms of maybe getting sharpness and back to full fitness in terms of the way he was playing last year. Uh, but I think you can definitely see he's needing that already. Simon Donnelly, you've been impressed. Hi, David. How are you doing? I'm good, Simon. How are you? Aye, all good, pal. All good. good. Uh, yeah, I've not seen much of, of David at the, the start of this season. Uh, I listened to the Motherwell managers, obviously praised them last week, albeit they didn't get a great result. Do you think he... Once he is up to speed, can go into this Celtic team the starting eleven. I think that'll always be the question, and that, that's his challenge for him. Yeah. You know, the, the quality that they've got just now, uh, I think him getting his move, I think is well deserved. But I'd love to see it. You know, it's a young boy coming through, young Scottish kid coming through. Yeah. One of the best prospects so far. Uh, so I don't see why you know if he gets back up to speed. And listen, I'm not saying he's by any means no off of that now, but I see. I still think there's something more to come from him. I don't see any reason why he can't, but it's obviously getting a chance. You know, you've got to give these boys a chance to to showcase what they can do. Yeah, he's done that. Motherwell, of course. Uh, Celtic is obviously the same, a different club, and you know the the, the players have got there and the squad have got there is a bigger squad. But uh, I think from what I've seen of David anyway and, and coming through the ranks, I don't think there's any 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 issue why he, he can't. It might take a while, you know, to bed and settle in. Yeah, you know, you've played Simon Snow, maybe as easy as people think it is, but. There's a lot of a lot of stuff goes on, but hopefully he can. He's a great lad. He's a great player. I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard uh, hopefully, that. You know, I really hope he does does really well. Yeah, I've heard that through uh, Craig Hinchliffe, my mate. Obviously, the goalie coach there says, terrific boy, and obviously terrific talent. This time last year, things didn't work out for him. So it's great to see. I actually feel sorry for him a wee bit today, mm-hmm. Paul, because yeah. it's kind of distracted. Yeah. Last night's result was distracted from this signing today for the for the boy uh, and I think he can go on to be a really big player for Celtic in the future years he signed a four year contract four year so I deal. think the, yeah. the future's yeah. bright for him and you'll see him back this weekend he'll be back at Fir Park uh, with Celtic unfortunately yeah <laughs> I mean I think that's a, you know I think asking the fans yeah. you know it's a big loss for the club and yeah. I'm sure the fans the same there'll be, there'll be a few people not happy and whatever but you know, yeah. from my point of view, the majority of people, you've got to wish them all the best. Yeah. You know, everything he's came through and it never fell through last year yeah. uh, to, to kind of go and, 
showcase again because it was easy coming back from injury. It's no easy coming back from injury. Anyone with a serious injury, you know, knows how difficult it is. But yeah. he's handled it really well for such a young kid uh, as well. And the, and the, the chat and the talk and you know the ongoing for the past year. Mm. So I think to him from start of the season, albeit the results haven't been great, but you know when I've seen Davy, he's been excellent. He's been. Uh, showcase his talents again and got his awards and I think it shows for anyone you know if you do that you get your awards for it David it's Ali here how you doing? I'm good Ali how are you? I'm good I'm good I guess good. David is proving that the academy is producing some incredible players is there anyone that you think we should be looking out for at the moment someone to watch? Nope not at all no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wise answer <laughs> Listen it's great you know it is great for the academy you know he's there since he was nine uh, you know, so it's, a, it's great to get that recognition for the academy. But there's, yeah, there's, there's loads of boys in the academy. There's loads. Uh, but we I, all I need to stay away. Likes David. No, no, you know, it, it's always the same. You know, we've, we've sold two uh, two boys two years ago. Obviously, Stuart McKinstry, Reese McAleer, reaching through the academy that people might forget about. So you know, we're producing boys uh, there, and they're either one getting bought or the two they're making the first team. Uh, so hopefully, we can continue that, and and it's definitely there at the moment. It's just obviously then, you know, the boys and everyone try to help them. The way David's done and Alan Campbell and Chris Cadden and James Scott. Mm. So, you know, we could rhyme a, a lot of the players off. Uh, so I, I think it's great for us and the academy that somebody from, they've been there for nine years of age, you know, eventually Scott, a move to, you know, Celtic or wherever they, you know, wherever yeah. the boys want to go to. Uh, I think it's great. So, David, what about Glenn Torrin tonight? We'll hear from the manager first of all. This is Stephen Robinson talking about tonight's opponents. There's no easy games. <laughs> There's no easy games. They're not a part-time team. They're, you know, they train as many days as us. They just do it a little bit differently. Um, as I said, there's been a lot of investment into it. They've, they've bought players back from England. Um, I think players now see it as a pathway to get back into England or Scotland again. So, listen, we will not underestimate Glenn Torrin in any shape or form. We will give them the utmost respect. And... As I say, if we play to the capabilities I know we're, we're well capable of, then you know I'm, I'm confident, but I certainly won't be on there estimating anybody. We can hear there's no no taking anything for granted, David. I think that's always the case, especially with yeah. these one-off games now that's going to be. Uh, you know, it's like everything else. If you start well and, and get the first goal, you know, it's a lot more comfortable. Of course it is. Uh, we've played a few Irish teams in pre-season and stuff as well, so they've kind of got a gauge for you know, the, 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 the team they're playing against. Uh, so I don't think any game you can take any game for granted and take it easy. You've got to make sure the boys are at their best, whatever they need to do to get to that to that uh, to that stage is important, you know, how they how they approach it as well. And I'm sure the gaffers tried that, you know, trying to make sure that the players don't underestimate them. So okay, you know, the coaching that's saying that, but it's up to the players as well to make sure they've got the focus to make sure today, you know, they try and get a good result. You've got so many good players at, at Fair Park. Last season, third in the league, tremendous. And I guess that's a kind of pressure for this year. Not started the way you'd have thought, but you wanted to kick on from from tonight and and then at the weekend with Celtic. But tonight with Glenn Torren, a home win. Well, yeah, that's that's obviously the plan. That's the hope, uh, you know. And I think you take confidence from that as well. You know, obviously, the start of the season, a lot of the results, the performances have been better, and and they look more uh, comfortable. It's just getting the break, you know. Obviously, it's getting the, the three points to both to start with, and you can kind of kick on. So, hopefully, that tonight that can happen. Uh, and if they do things properly and play the way they can play, we've seen last year uh, that uh, that can happen. And it takes a wee bit of confidence. Obviously, Celtic game, which is obviously going to be difficult anyway. But 
if you can get any a wee bit of confidence, then it's it's a lot easier than getting in maybe you know off a off a back of pure results. Simon, although David Turnbull will be missed, and you know David's involved with the academy and bringing people, players through, three million pounds or thereabouts, more than three, is a huge amount, and will do a lot because Motherwell, like every <clears throat> other club, COVID has affected them. Yeah, and it's the way to do it. At clubs yeah. like Motherwell, and they've done it over the years. You know, you go back to Davy himself, James McFadden, they've all came through the ranks there. Uh, it's a great reflection on the, the youth academy there uh, to produce another player. They get the money. They hopefully uh, invest well in the club and it's a great opportunity for the guy. Uh, I'm surprised at the, the way Motherwell started. I, I, I thought they would have started better. They finished obviously third last year. David, I haven't seen Motherwell this season. There's been a lot of, lot of changes. Uh, I don't think there's been a lot of changes. There have been obviously a few uh, boys come in. Uh, and I think it's everything else. You kind of a wee bit of confidence. If you start yeah. well, you know, you kind of, you always kick, kick on. on, you know, yeah. you, Sam, you, yeah. you kind of take that. Uh, no, no, that's players, strikers, whatever. As soon as you get that that first win, you know, you seem to kind of take just take, everything falls for you. Uh, you know, the Hibs game, for example, they played well. You got a goal chopped off. You know, that could have easily went former though, and then all yeah. of a sudden, you know, you're kind of hopefully kickstarting the season. Uh, you, you brought Stephen O'Donnell in as well, who I've worked with closely at Partick Thistle. Uh, obviously, get himself in the Scotland squad as well. So that's that's a good. Acquisition, I think once he gets up to speed, I, I, I seen him on social media saying that he wasn't quite fully fit, but then get dipped in at the weekend there. So hopefully he kicks on. Yeah, very impressed him last year, obviously last season, uh, and I think it's a great, you know, a good signing for for, for Mullo. Yeah. Uh, again, I know so as well. So kind of he's a, he's a good guy. He's a, yeah. You know, good to have about the place as well. So I think he'll fit right into what. Obviously, uh, the manager's doing there, so I think like everything else. Hopefully, that you know when the boys are back fit, it's been a bit of a weird time for everyone now. So, yeah. you know, we're hoping that's kind of a wee bit of the case now that once boys are back fit and back at it, then they say they can just kick on. You know, what, players have been out of contract and stuff there a wee bit up there as well. So one result, and you look for one yeah, result, one, and it might result. it might be tonight that kickstarts it. Hopefully tonight. I think this is the performance has been better, so I think that's always a bonus. I think you'd be worried. If the performances weren't there, yeah. you know, you, I think you can see the last couple of, couple of games that they've been playing well and playing much better. It's just not fell for them, uh, and once that goes, then hopefully, as you say, you can you can kick on from there. David Clarkson, when I told Simon Donnelly and Ali that you were coming on tonight, uh, the first thing Simon uh, said was, "We remembered and you remembered playing alongside his uh, the late great his uncle Phil O'Donnell. What a special person uh, and that a special man." Yeah, yeah, and oh, David, yeah. David knows that himself. Right, on you go, yeah. David. On you go. Yeah. No, no, sorry, on you go, Simon. No, no, on you go, on you go. No, I was just talking to them before, obviously, but you were a, a lot younger when I first met you. <laughs> we're just out of nappies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, great memories. Yeah, definitely. No, I remember Simon well. Uh, going up, watching watching both of them, uh, Celtic and stuff, and, and meet them many a times as well, around about the house and stuff. So yeah. uh, it's always good. It's good memories to kind of look back on and remember, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, David, and looking forward to this season and bringing more players through and really getting the, the league campaign underway uh, this weekend. But tonight, Glenn Torrin, are you giving us a prediction? Are you allowed to do that when you're on the staff? <laughs> uh, I'll model one. That's my prediction. That'd be good enough. Yeah, Simon? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Oh. As David says there, the performances have maybe been there. They're waiting on results now. Get a little bit of confidence and starting tonight, hopefully. David, thanks very much for joining us here on the Go Radio Football Show. 
All the best, David. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers, cheers, cheers thanks, David. David. Great. We're racing on towards seven o'clock. Just checking. We can take a break. We've got some more calls here, and then we're going to have Stephen Craigan and Rob McLean. Will we take that call just after the break? I'm looking to James. Yeah, let's, yeah, do, let's it. do that. <laughs> Dylan in Garthamluck, you're next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Every night, Monday to Friday, you can call in between five and seven. Dylan has called in from Garthamluck, a Celtic fan. Dylan, good evening. Hi, good evening. Um, I'd just like to make a point about to you guys about Celtic in Europe. Yeah. Last mm-hmm. night, um, where do you see Celtic going forward, and what can they do different? How did you feel about it first of all? Before we put it to Simon, when you did you see the match? Yeah, I see yep. the match. Of, um, a season ticket holder at Celtic Park, so, so I was watching all my season pass. What did oh, you brilliant. think, Dylan? Yeah, could could you see Celtic getting anything other than a win when they got it to one one? You know, the 1-1, one, one, like, I know Neil Lennon, right? I'm not going to criticise Neil Lennon, mm-hmm. um, but I think having strikers like Ayeti or, and Flamala on the bench, yeah. um, I don't know why I never started with a striker when you've got two strikers that you've just paid money for, um, first and foremost. But back to the point where yeah. it's 1-1, one, one, yeah, we did have our chances. We had loads of chances. Um but El Yunusi and Christie are not ideal they're not your normal striker. Mm-hmm. Any other striker, if we had played a striker, then we could have had maybe two or three goals last night. I think it's pretty much what Simon said earlier on. Yeah, hi Dylan, how are you doing? I not bad thing yourself. Yeah, fine, thanks. Uh, yeah, we touched on it earlier on, obviously, but there was a couple of instances in that second half where if you had a recognised centre forward a Predator instinct inside the box. Yeah, we might have seen another goal or two. Uh, it's easy. It's easy to say that, but for for whatever reason, Neil was decided that the, the two boys didn't merit a starting place. Uh, Ayeti's the one that, as I said earlier, still finding pace with the game, trying to get up to the game uh, game speed. Klamala's a wee bit different. He's been there a bit of time, so it is. It's a curious one. It's a frustrating one as well. Uh, and I was a little concerned when I seen Edward wasn't on the starting lineup. In terms of what Celtic can do differently in Europe, again, it, we're all affected by results. I touched on the Lazio games last season, the, the first half against Copenhagen. I thought Celtic in the Europa League at times last year looked to belong in Europe it looked as if the players had the European experience and I said to Paul before we came on the show tonight after that Lazio game I really felt Celtic would get into the depths of that tournament uh, only to be knocked out against Copenhagen with individual errors which crept into the game last night uh, with the second goal so you can only hope that they can take from that the experience and, and, and stay concentrated for the 90 minutes and cut out the individual errors because I still feel Celtic have the players there to hurt teams going the other way uh, whether it's in Europe or not obviously it's imperative that we get Edward and, and if possible Griffiths back they're the two best strikers at the club at the moment for me get them back fit and get them playing because from the turn of the, the, the year uh, up until lockdown Celtic with the two up front really looked a potent threat alright I was going to say that as well, like see the second goal last night as well, I think. Yeah. If you're looking at the positioning of Ayer yeah. at the top, like he was too far forward. But yeah. I believe like should Ayer maybe consider 
moving back into his original role as centre defensive mid instead of playing centre back because he's making all these dark runs forward and um, causing problems for Celtic if they get caught in the counter like which we did an instance last night. All right, we'll come back um, in that in a moment, Dylan. Um, I'm, Simon's going to answer that. Stephen Cragen's on the line. He's just on for a moment. Stephen, good evening. Thanks for uh, coming on this evening. How are you? Good evening, boys. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm all good. Looking good. forward to the Motherwell game tonight, for sure. Indeed. So we spoke to David Clarkson. Uh, can you see anything other than uh, Motherwell win tonight, your old club? I would love to say that, but I think when you look at their form at the start of the season, I think it's a bit of a risk to put it out and say that you know they are definitely going to win. You know, there's no doubt they're favourites, of course they are. Uh, they're up against an Irish League team, but you know, Glen Torrance have made a lot of investment over the past kind of 12 to 18 months. You know, they even bought a player in January for £50,000, which mm-hmm. you know, I don't think some Scottish Premiership clubs could afford to do that at the minute. So, you know, they're trying to make waves. They're trying to uh, get themselves back to the top of Irish League football. But I would imagine Motherwell will see themselves as favourites and would hope to go through. So, I think it would be a big shock if they didn't. And a big weekend for Motherwell to try and kick on because obviously Celtic coming at the weekend. Um, with David Turnbull now having moved, how good is he in your uh, view? You know him well. It's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes you make a move to a club and then your first game back is against your old club. So yeah. I'm sure David will find it strange on Sunday. But he's, uh, listen, he's a top-class talent. I'd said on Tuesday night on the show that I think the Celtic players will be surprised at how good he actually is. Um, I don't think moving to Celtic will phase him. I think he'll be keen to play, keen to make his mark. He's a young man who's hungry. And I think you just look at his mental toughness over the past 14 months because it would have been easy after not getting his move to Celtic 14 months ago to feel sorry for himself and lose his way. But he stuck to his guns, he stuck to his principles, he worked ever so hard, and he's now got that move. And uh, you know, I have no doubt that he'll go and do well. I heard you on Tuesday night, and uh, I think a lot of people realise that. And final word, Stephen, before you go to the match, uh, what about last night, Celtic out of the Champions League? It's, uh, that was a shock. It was, and I think it's a warning sign for Motherwell and for Aberdeen tonight that you can't take any opponents lightly. Uh, you know, everybody you play against has their strengths. I'm thinking a one-off tie. I think Derek McKenna said it today as well. And a one-off tie, it gives the underdogs a little bit more hope. So, um, listen, there's no doubt that Celtic was a better team. They should have won the game. They had, you know, created enough chances. It's a huge setback. Of course it is. But, you know, the bigger picture is Celtic have got things to go for this season which could be historical for the players, historical for the manager. So, it's all about staying strong, riding out the tough times and getting back to winning football matches. Simon? Oh, I agree with him. I agree with him. I don't. I don't think they, they took it lightly last night, but it is a warning to Aberdeen and, and Motherwell tonight. Uh, and just for Scottish football's sake, I hope we get two positive results. Stephen, we're enjoying every Tuesday night on the Go Radio Football Show. <laughs> we'll let you get to the match, and, and we'll hear you on Tuesday. Yeah, very kind. Thank you. Thanks very much, Stephen you, Craig. Stephen. In there, he always. He, I, I was listening on Tuesday night, and I really enjoyed. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know as much about David Turnbull as maybe I should have, and. Uh, People have been saying that over the last few days and then you've seen a couple of clips of them yeah. and, and the mental toughness, that that's, that's young the, man. That's yeah. the bit I like. That's yeah. the bit I like and, and thinking about the setback last year uh, and, and coming through the injury uh, and getting himself back to a position where he's playing in the Murrow team and pressing again. See, just on that thing about players wanting to move, that's that's how you do it. Mm. You go and do your, your job on the field because that's where people uh, gauge you and... Full credit to the boy. He's come back fully fit, maybe not up to match speed as David Clarkson said, but I think he's got the temperament. I know Craig Hinchliffe at the club really likes the boy and I think they've got the temperament to, to go and make an impression in Celtic very early. Everyone's calling in, texting, talking about uh, Neil Lennon. So who are the players who want to go? This is how we started the show this evening. 
you know, I'm angry, frustrated, disappointed. But I thought we started the game well. I thought we had good, good energy about us and thought we had chances. And then second half, we're in total control. Scored, hit the bar, you know, and then there's a couple of opportunities where the ball's just begging to be put in the net and we've missed the final ball. So we've only ourselves to blame. And what about those players? So people knew nothing about this until, what, 10 past 10 last night? They're making waves to leave the club then. They're obviously not com- committed. Um, so if they don't want to be here, then you know we'll have to do something about it. Massive statement there from which begs loads of questions. Who is it? And at some point we will have to know because uh, you know if you're in that dressing room and giving everything, then you want people to know it's not you. Yeah, it's, for it's sure. a, a massive thing. Um, but Stephen, thanks very much for coming on. Stephen Craig in there. Uh, Rob is on at, at uh, Petordry. You'll be taking in the match against the Faroese. And Rob, good to be there. Albeit still the eerie atmosphere of just uh, the, the behind closed door situation. Yeah, exactly, Paul. And you, you do think back to what European nights at Petodri have been like yeah. in, in, the, in the past. Um, some uh, glittering occasions, some yeah. uh, amazing results. Um, it's, it's one of those ones tonight. It's one of those ones you just want to get through. It's, uh, it's the, the part-timers, the Faroese part-timers of Runovic. It's just about getting through it. But that's what Celtic were thinking last night as well. So um, that'll be a warning to everybody, I guess. In terms of the team for Aberdeen, uh, tonight, of course, they've had major disruption and player suspensions to come. Of course, we'll find out about that in the in the coming days uh, because of the punishments that, that they face. But uh, in terms of starting lineup tonight, it's Joe Lewis and Gulls, the back three of uh, McCrory, McKenna, and Considine. Uh, Matty Kennedy will be one of the wing backs. Johnny Hayes on the other side. Ferguson and McGeoch, the central midfield pair. Uh, Scott Wright, who was a number 10 at the weekend, uh, he's going to play wide by the looks of it. Uh, Marley Watkins, I think, will drift out wide as well, having arrived on loan from Bristol City. Curtis Main is back, the former Motherwell striker. He's back fit and available again, so that striker crisis is easing. Uh, Sam Cosgrove, of course, continues to be missing for the Dons, the top goal scorer in the last couple of seasons. So Curtis Main leads the attack for Aberdeen against Runovic at Petodri tonight. And Rob, just before we go back to Dylan, who's still on, final point from Dylan, what do you think tonight that Aberdeen win convincingly? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, they've been far from at their best, Paul, yeah. uh, last couple last couple of games. But they've got six points out of six. It's a nice way to be if you're winning games and you're not at the top of your game. That's been the story for Aberdeen. Steps of progress. Hopefully they continue to make another step tonight and just get themselves through this one and into the next round of qualifiers. I'm quite optimistic of an Aberdeen win. Let's hope for Motherwell as well. Yeah, you th- fancy Motherwell as well against Glen Torren, but Stephen made the good point about the players they've been buying. Simon, what about Aberdeen this evening? Don's win? Yeah, I think they've, after a difficult start uh, with the Rangers game and then obviously having to sit about twiddle their thumbs for a, a few days, they've got back with two wins back to back and I firmly believe they'll get a win tonight and, and progress. And Rob, you'll be there all the way then uh, with whoever goes all the way in Europe because you did the uh, Cup Winners' Cup final, didn't you? I remember you doing it live. Well, you I wouldn't, you, well, you wouldn't I, do it recorded. There'd be no point. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was in school uniform, it should be said. <laughs> very good. Yeah. But uh, that, that wasn't a dress choice. That was just because I was very young at the time. Um, and yeah, that was historic. And, and they've had so many fantastic nights. I mean, the, yeah. even if fans were allowed in tonight, they wouldn't be getting overexcited about uh, the Faroese side, Runovic. But it's about making steps of progress, getting through, and hopefully getting into the group stages of the Europa League. That would be nice. And you'll join us tomorrow night with Cy Ferry, Ali and myself. And I think it's going to continue, isn't it? The European aftermath. 
will rumble on and we'll be looking forward to the weekend Rangers playing Hamilton Ackies that's the big match on Sky on Saturday evening and Celtic at Motherwell Rob thanks very much Pleasure, Paul. See you tomorrow night. Cheers. See you see then. Ya. Dylan, sorry to keep you there. I hope this uh, is. I hope it, this should be a transfer charge call. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan. Yeah. Your last point. Yeah. With Simon. Not. Yeah. Sorry, just to ask you, like, see, what do you think of Ayer? Do you think he should be playing in a more probable Or do you think, like, if he's making too many forward runs, and as I said, if you drop him. I know Scott Brown's the main man at Celtic, like yeah. everybody knows Scott <clears throat> Brown's the main man, but I believe that maybe it's time for him to maybe take a step back and give, I know the likes of Turnbull's just came in today and as Stephen said earlier, he's a cracking player, really looking forward to seeing him. Yeah. Um, but I believe Scott, Scott Brown should maybe take a step back and maybe push higher to... Um, Yep. Push higher to Simon Donnelly, what do you think? I'm, I'm not so sure. I, I can see where you're coming from with in terms of Ayer breaking out for the back. I quite like it when he breaks out for the back. You know, he breaks the lines and commits people and, and opens up spaces. I think the concentration levels of the defence, particularly in Europe, are in question. You know, just for things like last night, as you say, the positional sense. But it's one ball over the top that I think El Hamed himself would probably admit he should have dealt with, uh, and he didn't. But as far as I, I don't know if I totally agree with you playing in the middle of the park there. I think, I think Bruni himself will know he won't play every game, and I think Turnbull comes in just adds another bit of competition in there. Uh, but I, I like Ayer at the back. Uh, I think that's his best position. I know he's played at right back as well. Uh, but when he's playing there and busting forward, it's 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 an asset for Celtic. But he just needs to keep his concentration levels, as I say, especially in Europe. Okay, Dylan, thanks very much and thanks for everyone who called in tonight. As you can imagine, it was mainly the Celtic aftermath. Uh, Tomorrow night, we look forward to the weekend and we'll look back at tonight. But Simon, thanks for joining us. Will you join us again in the studio? Yes, of course. Pleasure. Simon Donnelly, Ali Defoy, we'll see you tomorrow with Rob and with Cy Ferry tomorrow night. wonder when his training starts. That should be a quiet one. That should be a quiet one with Cy. (laughs) He's some man, isn't he? Oh, brilliant. I love watching his stuff. Tremendous. And Barry Ferguson will be on on Monday as well. That's it for me, Paul Cooney, and all the team. Thanks for joining us. The news is coming next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go.